I can remember very well when the bombing of the mosque happened. I was very close to the mosque and I had a friend there. So I went directly to, to the place and I remember that I, I stand up for more than one hour doing mm. nothing. Looking and not understanding what, what are you looking for. And I ran away in my car mm -hmm. uh, to the next to the beach and I spent there around two hours trying to find my head. That's Rabi Omar. He is a citizen, a proud citizen of Tripoli, Lebanon's second city. Rabi grew up there during the civil war and has worked there as an adult trying to help its people thrive and move forward despite extreme political turbulence, uh, including the Syrian civil war just across the border. Over that time, Rabi has seen international organizations come and go. He's worked for a range of them and tried to help them act mindfully and intelligently in a, a very complex political environment. He has seen how the dominant model, the externally led, externally initiated experts peacebuilding program, tends to go wrong, and, and conversely, where it has gone right. Alongside all this, he's been engaged as a citizen amidst neighborhood-level fighting and economic neglect and decline. So this is a really fascinating insight into how he sees the world and the situation in North Lebanon, what he sees progress, or at least holding the line, as looking like in that very difficult environment where external factors, where the political landscape is very discouraging. As always, be advised, there is some intense stuff in here. If Experiences in civil war, of neighborhood-level fighting, are likely to trigger something for you. Uh, perhaps be prepared, grab a cup of tea, come back to it. My name is Ian Quick. This is One Step Forward. A quick background note on this one. We do refer to the neighborhoods of Jabal Mosen and Babel Tubene. Now, this reflects one of the main lines of fracture in northern Lebanon between the Alawite and Sunni communities. This has always been difficult, but was greatly intensified by perceptions of taking different sides in the Syrian civil war. And that has formed the backdrop to a lot of the city-level dynamics that we talk about. Now let's get into it. Thanks for joining us, of course. It is a Saturday morning in, uh, in Tripoli, so I, I appreciate you uh, coming in on a weekend and actually driving me here as well. Uh, I generally start at the beginning with these. If you are uh, meeting someone socially you know, over a shisha at a restaurant, how do you explain what you do for a living, for a career? Uh, now I'm working as a, a project coordinator for UNDP Peace Building Project mm -hmm. in the north of Lebanon. I have been working uh, from almost 11 years in the field of development and humanitarian uh, work. Mm -hmm. um, I have been born in Tripoli. I'm originally from Tripoli. Mm -hmm. And uh, I spent all my life uh, living and working in Tripoli mm -hmm. and surrounding. 
I'm also covering uh, North Lebanon, not only Tripoli. Uh, and one of the reasons that I didn't leave uh, this, this town because I love it too much and I prefer to work for it. Mm. And when people ask me, uh, you are working for who? I say, I'm working for my city. <laughs> one of the things that is, is interesting about um, about Lebanon, one of the things that's come up when I've been talking to other people is there's a very long history uh, in Tripoli and in the country. And if you're 37, that puts you uh, near the start of the Civil War when you were born. Um, what did that look like growing up in Tripoli specifically? Uh, through the, the middle and end of the war, and then you know, even after the, the war ended, you still have a lot of violence. What are your early memories of that? Uh, the story starts in 1985. I had uh, almost four or five years when the clashes was happened between the Syrian army and the Islamic resistance uh, of the city. Mm. And it was a big war in Tripoli, but uh, as I was a little uh, boy, I, I remember small things and few things about what was happening, but it was touching me a lot until now. Mm. Because even when I speak about it, I remember it very well. It's very strange that with all uh, these years, I still remember some uh, image and some figures from that days. Uh, and it wasn't easy for me uh, as a child uh, to 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 uh, to live this experience because during the clashes, uh, the you know the stress of the families and all of that. I remember the the worst things that I remember was the days that we uh, spent it in the garage of one of the building. Uh, as a safe area and we were around 300 or 400 person in one garage and trying to survive for some days and I, the, the worst thing that I can remember was the, the sandwiches that my mom did for us and I remember very well the zatar, and uh, usually we do some sandwich with zatar and uh, oil. But you know, during the war, you cannot find the oil because it's expensive. Mm -hmm. So my mother was uh, <laughs> trying to put uh, water instead of oil, and we were, uh, um, yani we wasn't happy to 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 taste it, but. That's very dry. Yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, the only response that we had from our parents was the tears of our parents. Yeah. So I remember that very well. Mm. And I remember the, uh, the line of the toilet because in the garage we had only one toilet. Mm -hmm. And all the families, children, women, old people, even men, women were in the line waiting their. Uh, uh, their turn to, to enter to the WC and as a child I remember very well how it was hard mm. to wait in this long line. Mm.
the third thing that I remember it was the, the, the worst things. Mm. During our escape from Tripoli to the knee, we were around, I remember exactly, we were around eight or nine person in a small car, Renault 11, I remember it, it's a very old and small uh, car. We were around eight or nine persons in the car. And uh, I was sitting in uh, between the, the, my parents and my face was uh, in the direction of the rear of the car. So I saw a flame of... Uh, I, it was a B7 or something like this. So yeah. I, uh, I saw it in my eyes and I saw it. She was uh, attacking the, the car, but they missed the car. So it was very close to the car and the car because of the pressure, the car was a little bit high on from the uh, the road, and it was like uh, flapping in the, the road. So I remember because everybody was shouting and crying, and it's it, it was terrible for me. I, I I remember the scene, but like I don't, I can't remember the voices. Only I see what, uh, remember what I saw. So also this this is part of the war that I remember very well. Mm. And I think uh, once I tried uh, in a competition, they, they sent me an email asking about your memory of the war. Mm. It was a competition. It, was, uh, it's, it wasn't a competition. It was for... Um, a newspaper uh, speaking about peace building. Mm -hmm. So they ask people to, to, to write their experience in the war. Frankly speaking, I write it and I tried to, to, to finish it, but I couldn't. Mm. I feel that I was talking with memories. So, so I didn't uh, send it. Uh, it was a long time before that I joined UNDP. So, yeah, it wasn't an easy memory. So how did you go from not being able to write about it um, to actually working on quite difficult conflict issues? That seems like a big sort of change, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, when I grew up, uh, I was very attached to my city, and it was uh, for for a lot of friends and family. It was very strange that a boy of 13 years or 14 years spent all his time of the summer walking in the old cities and mm. tried to catch a uh, foreigner uh, coming and ask him to uh, ask him if he need any help to, to visit the, the city and to explain about the road. <laughs> Like so, like <laughs> <laughs> so I was in love with uh, really from from the beginning of my life. I was I had this relation with my city, and I was proud of the city, mm -hmm. and I liked the authentic things. So I spent a lot of time in the old city, which is the the most uh, attacked area of the city. Mm -hmm. uh, but even with all the 
destruction of the city, I, I, I was looking to it like a, a beauty of the, of the world. Mm. So I had this relation with the, the space and I liked it too much. So after that, uh, when I started to, to study and to work, uh, I was starting with working in tourism because I did a BA in tourism and uh, another BA in history and old civilization. So in the beginning when I was uh, doing my study in tourism and history, I was working in travel agency. And I did a, a lot of tours for people for the old city. And I was happy to do that. Uh, in 2005, after the assassinate of uh, Rafiq Hariri, mm-hmm. I thought that tourism will not be a good business <laughs> in the country. <laughs> so, so I tried to shift with my study and... It was uh, a strategic decision yes, at that time. Yes, <laughs> it's true. And I shifted to uh, uh, human resource management. Mm-hmm. So I did my master's degree in human resources. And even during my master's degree, we had this war of 2007 in Israel, where we, we spent around after you know, the road was blocked, and after that, we spent four hours to get the university in Beirut to have a class of uh, two hours and mm-hmm. four hours back. So the war was part of our uh, yeah, education and uh, life. Yeah. Uh, so, after 2005, I started to, to, to have this study in the human things and uh, um, the first opportunity that I got it, it was in 2007. Because in 2006, before the attack of the Israeli army on Lebanon, three days before, I started a new job in the airline of Etihad, Etihad Airlines. So I was lucky to, to move from a small uh, travel agency here in Tripoli, where your salary was $300 per month, mm. to go to a big company with $800 or $900 per month. So for me, it was something. But after three, three days, they attacked the airport and the, the work was blocked. So we lose uh, the new job. And I spent one year uh, uh, jobless. Mm. And even uh, I, uh, I, mean, I, I spent very difficult year uh, because I, I should pay uh, my university. It was a private university, mm. so so after one year exactly, I have been recruited by the municipality of Tripoli mm-hmm. to start uh, a project of uh, vocational training with uh, in coordination with the region Ron Alp. So Region Ron Alp was uh, having uh, this uh, coordination with Tripoli municipality to support youth uh, illiterate to, to find job in the domain of construction, painting and plumbing. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky because uh, even to get such position in the municipality wasn't easy. Usually you know the pressure of the politician and but because the politician was trying to push in a different way, so they decided to bring someone who is not uh, affiliated for any. So I was lucky for the, this time. Uh, they chose me because I had the experience uh, of human resources and project management. Mm. 
So I start working with them. And the plan was to uh, manage the project, but uh, I, I worked with uh, one of the ambitious uh, uh, member of municipality. She called Samira Baghdadi, so she had this dream to have uh, a local development office in the municipality. And I start working with her, and in the next, and the next step. It was in 2008 we started to, to work as a local development office mm-hmm. of the municipality. And I managed many, many uh, projects for the city and I coordinate a lot with international organization. And here I start getting experience in the, the field of development and coordination, project management. Mm-hmm. What sort of things were we talking about at that stage? What kind of projects were you doing? Uh, we were more focusing on social development because the situation was bad, especially that during this years, the war between Tbilisi and Mahsin or the clashes, let's say, in Tbilisi and Mahsin was uh, starting. Yeah, and this is um, sort of quite uh, intense or quite violent um, fighting, sort of at a neighborhood level within mm-hmm. Tripoli. You know, in one of the neighborhoods that we're sitting in, in fact, in, in, in this area, specific area. So when you are doing these cultural activities or, or social activities, what does that look like in that sort of charged environment? Do you avoid those areas? Do you yeah. involve them? It wasn't like this. We, uh, because, frankly speaking, yeah. Uh, when we start to do this uh, project, the clashes was bad in this area. Mm-hmm. And uh, frankly speaking, uh, f- very, very few people from the area of the Benin of Masi and the surrounding uh, assist in such activity. But we had some um, project directly with NGO in Tibet and mm-hmm. not in Jabal Masi. Mm-hmm. Uh, to support the community to do like uh, vocational training, uh, some uh, cultural activity in their NGO. Mm-hmm. But it was in a small scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the insecurity, yani, even the donors wasn't uh, interested to enter in this area. And even, let's speak frankly, even politically and the relation between the municipality and the uh, community and uh, Jabal Mahsin especially as uh, and politically you know that it was the, the country was divided between 8 uh, and 40 March mm-hmm. so uh, almost almost uh, Tripoli was 40 March except Jabal Mahsin and the relation between the uh, two يعني, the Jabal Mahsin and the other Tripolitan was a little bit bad Mm-hmm. So nobody was uh, having initiative to, to Jabal Mahsin. Even I tried, and I'm proud that I was one of few people who passed to Jabal Mahsin to meet people, to meet to meet some uh, active people in Jabal Mahsin. And I tried, frankly, to to support them with some project, but in the end, because of the and the political dynamic of the municipality, it was hard to. Mm-hmm. to support them. Yeah, yeah, that was between 2007 and 2010. Mm-hmm. And like everything in Lebanon, <laughs> when the, the, the election came, 
and the mail was changed the the next mail wasn't uh, tested to to support the office mm-hmm. especially that in this period the political dyna- dynamic of the city was changed so the mayor was uh, elected to, uh, with a group of uh, politician from all uh, parties uh, like they 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 did um, an accord between them that this is the municipal board so they start uh, like uh, politically supported but few few months after they start to have uh, clashes between the uh, the member of the municipality and uh, the, the municipality work was blocked many times mm-hmm. yeah and during this years also we had the uh, high clashes to manage about Mahsi and uh, after almost uh, two months after the election uh, I decided to leave the municipality I get my first opportunity uh, to work with UNDP. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was to shift from uh, consultant in a municipality to go to UN agency, for me it was something. Mm-hmm. It was almost the, the dream of everybody to work with an UN agency. So I, I got my chance and I worked for two years with UNDP. The project was uh, uh, to, يعني, it was a response for the clashes of Nahr al-Barid and surrounding mm-hmm. uh, the Palestinian camp. But I was responsible of the file of Tripoli, especially to Beni Jabal Mahsin. And I, I was uh, investing in myself before and during this period to do some training uh, abroad. So I did some training, especially to 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 learn how to deal in peace uh, making with uh, youth and adult. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, now uh, when I'm looking uh, to the past, I see that we were very simple in our intervention. But uh, I'm proud because until now I meet some young uh, people from both area and. They were happy to, to, to test this experience. And we built some friendship between uh, both areas through our uh, project. So I feel that it was in a small scale, uh, skills, um, scale but um, it was uh, fruitful some, some, somehow. Mm. Uh, 2000, 2012, I, I worked for uh, Médecins Sans Frontières mm-hmm. for a small period, like the launching of their project in uh, Tripoli. Mm-hmm. And I support uh, MSF to, to open uh, their clinic in Jabal Mahsin, which is, was also something for, for, for me, because I was supporting Uh, the area of Alawite in Tripoli wasn't done before. Mm-hmm. So I was happy also to, to support this uh, initiative. 
Uh, even for people, it was like, ah, you are uh, supporting Jabal Mahsin, you are not supporting uh, Tripoli people. Uh, for me, it was Tripoli, Jabal Mahsin or Tabini or everywhere, it's a city. So, but I was proud because during this period, the people in Jabal Mahsin was suffering a lot. Especially that during the clashes, they didn't have uh, uh, a way to, uh, to get uh, the medical support easier. Mm-hmm. So supporting a cleaning inside Jabal Mahsin it was uh, something uh, life-saving for me, which is uh, I'm proud of. Yeah. Do it. Uh, this is uh, true. It was my experience with uh, Médecins Sans Frontières. Then I shift to UNHCR. Mm-hmm. You know uh, this crisis in Syria. It, uh, it was. Uh, It was an opportunity for a lot of people to work with the UN agency because, you know, the scale was very big. It wasn't uh, an easy period. Mm-hmm. The stress was also evaluated between Ben and Jabal Mahsin because of the politics. Uh, you know that because uh, Uh, Alawite was supporting the Syrian regime and the opposition was supporting the Bene. So even uh, we, we had uh, fighters uh, yani who, who wasn't from the Bene and Jabal Mahsin, but they came and they support these clashes. So the hardest year for Tripoli in the clashes was 2013-2014. So, uh, yeah, I can remember that during this uh, period, uh, even working in Tripoli w- was hard. Because uh, it wasn't only the clashes, but also it was, uh, you had uh, a lot of accidents inside Tripoli city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And working with UNHCR, it was another experience. For me, it was... Yani maybe because I didn't find the other job in that time, so I take this position and I work uh, with them. I, I wasn't happy be- because I saw that I know a lot of people who was working with them. They don't have any experience in life, any experience in this field. Mm. And they get some positions. Yani communication skills and relationship uh, um, comportment wasn't uh, the one for someone who want to work for UN agency mm. so uh, yani I can I can understand that it was suddenly you need a, a, a huge number of employees you have a big uh, scale of work in the, in the, in the ground so it wasn't hard, it wasn't easy it was hard work for UNHCR also But also, working with UNHCR uh, and it's uh, take me back al- always for the, the, my relationship with the, the, the peace and the war. When I was working in registration and I, I did every day around 20 interviews, families. And when you listen to their stories, mm you can directly remember what happened in your country before. And you, you start to wish to not be uh, in their place. Mm. So also this experience, uh, 
make me learn a lot. I I remember also a lot of world of of refugees, and I remember very well uh, their faces mm. and the way that they speak about their suffering. So that's make me very sad. Mm. And even I remember in UNHCR it was forbidden for us to give food for children. Mm. So it wasn't uh, accepted. Mm. I, I respect that, but I respect that, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I get many times notes that you should not do this. Yani, as a human, you cannot do a registration with a family when her son, a boy of two years or three years, was crying and asking the, 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 the mother why he is crying. She said he is uh, hungry. Mm. Even when you meet all these people coming from different areas in Syria and the cities uh, and listen to their story, listen of a protection story of people and mm-hmm. uh, all of this yani, everything that I mentioned have a yani, a trust in your mm-hmm. memory in mm-hmm. your feeling also so all of this was something touching me a lot but, but uh, my position wasn't a position that can make change or can support people. Even I, I wasn't an easy employee because I, <laughs> I pushed my boss. I have a very good boss. Mm-hmm. I pushed him many times to, to do like meetings with some organization who can support and, and he listened to me and he did some meeting, but he said always, it's not your job, it's the, the job of the field officers. You are a registration officer. I say, but it's an opportunity and I will not lose it for the people. Uh, but he listened to me and he, he was happy that, uh, and he say, I, I remember, uh, I, I remember him very well. He say, I take you in this position because I feel that you need uh, a work. And I know that you, are, you will be leaving very soon because your competence are more than the uh, position. Mm-hmm. But I like to work with you. So even I'm thankful for him because I was jobless in this period and uh, he, he gave me this chance. I think it's, uh, it's something that was uh, living with me everywhere. During the, my work in uh, municipality, UN agency, I was a uh, troublemaker with the management because for me it's not always about the procedure, it's about the people. Mm-hmm. And for me the, the, the main focus is people, their life, their needs. I think one of the stressful things that I that make me angry from working with such organization that even during the uh, end of summer, mm-hmm. I, I passed to my boss, I asked him to, to speak with the head of the uh, units uh, responsible of the uh, center. 
He say what you want. I, I say we are close to the winter and uh, people are waiting uh, outside the center for uh, long hours. And I'm thinking about about them. If uh, it will be raining, people will be really suffering outside. So I I say it once, twice, third time, and nobody was doing any mm. anything. So during this period, uh, I met uh, Bilal Ayubi, who was working for USA. He met, he met me in the conference and I had a, a speech, so he knew me before because I was giving train, uh, training for such uh, NGOs and uh, he looked uh, interested to make me work with, with him and he offered me to work with him. So in the time that I feel that you have a lot of needs for the Syrian refugees and the situation in Tripoli, and my job was only registration, so he offered me a job to, to be like a field officer for the all the north. So I went to work with him. The next day after after signing the uh, the offer, I came with him to Tripoli, and I called my uh, the the head of uh, the center, and I told her I have you have only. 24 hours to, to make a tent for the, the refugee to, to wait in the door because it's raining and I will not accept that as myself. Mm. I wasn't uh, speaking about uh, organization, so she said, no, it's about security. I told her, I don't care. I, I called the mayor and he, he said, he's okay that I put uh, my tent. Mm. She said, give me uh, some time. I told her, you have uh, 24 hours and then I will put uh, the tent. Mm. And I was, frankly speaking, very happy to see the tent next day she, that she, she put it uh, in the door. So, yes, this, this is part of the challenge of working in this field, mm. having all this uh, concept that you have in your head and having all the uh, bureaucratic uh, work of organization and this uh, lake of re relation between the job and the uh, human feeling. Mm -hmm. So when you get someone coming from abroad, he don't understand the culture, he don't uh, know the needs of people, sometimes it will be, a, a, frankly, a job, just a job. For me, in this field, it's not a job. It's something that you live with. So it's something that even if you if you lose your weekend or you, you lose money or you lose uh, time or uh, it's hard even physically for you to, to spend a lot of time working in this field, it's something that you, you get, uh, the satisfaction that you get, it's something different than money and uh, uh, day off or something. Mm. It's something that you feel that you are more human. So... What's interesting to me is that you 
work from these different organizational perspectives, and they each have their own mandates, and they each have their own sort of goals and, and ways of working. Uh, but for you, the center has always been the place, right? It's always yeah. been Tripoli. Uh, so I'm sort of curious what your uh, what has surprised you uh, about the way that international institutions or the people, you know, more specifically within international institutions, what has surprised you about the way that they sort of understand or don't understand <laughs> Tripoli when they come here with sort of an idea in their mind and you're looking at it as someone who's lived here, you know, pretty much your whole life. Um, what did you find sort of weird and what's, what have you observed repeatedly, you know, from these yeah. different institutional perspectives? The common thing is that um, it's very strange that sometimes people come having some experience in other country, but they come like they, um, they believe in what they, they hear from abroad. Mm -hmm. So, like, they have such an image for the city and for the community that they design it in their mind before that they come to here. Mm -hmm. And when they start to deal with the uh, project, they deal uh, in this way. Mm -hmm. When I, and usually I try every time when I got uh, a new boss, or a new manager, or uh, some colleague coming from abroad. Uh, I tried the first things, you know, the first day I meet someone who's coming to, to work uh, in, in the city or in the north, I start to explain to him where to go and where, what to eat, and where to, when, where, you know, where to, to have fun and everything. You know why? It's the most important thing. Yeah, you know why? Because for them, they come uh, for they think that they are coming to uh, like Kandahar or a city where people are killing each other in, in midnight. Yeah. And I start to to, uh, to to explain to them, yeah, you can have uh, your time here in the beach. You uh, you have mm -hmm. the, uh, this market to to buy food, and I offer them directly a tour in the old city. Mm -hmm. And sure, they try to speak about the security. It's secure. It's not. Uh, let's ask the security focal point. And I told them, no worries. You are with me. And usually, I, uh, in doubt, I take them in some place to explain to them how people. Uh, I don't do only a, a historical. Uh, Tour, but I do a cultural tour. Mm -hmm. I explain to people how uh, Tripolitan are living, how they are thinking about things, how their culture was born, uh, born in this city. And I tried, to, and because I have a lot of friendship in the old city and everywhere in the city, so we spend the, the, the tour speaking and discussing things than eating a lot <laughs> because you have a lot of delicious food in the city and because you have I have this a lot of friends so people was inviting us in everywhere to, to have a tea or a coffee so the first uh, barrier between them and the city start to be broken mm. because they will feel that it's a friendly people, 
uh, it's safe. Mm-hmm. Nobody, uh, yani even, yani even for me, when you, when you go to travel for tourism in, in Europe, you need to, to take care of your pocket. In Tripoli, you don't need. It's very strange. It's a poor area, but we don't we didn't have such accident. Mm-hmm. Even uh, for a woman, any nobody will have the, the the courage to harass a woman in the old city, for example. Mm-hmm. He will be bitten in the middle of the soup. Mm-hmm. It's not allowed. It's about the يعني, culture of the city. So when you go through, you start to understand the city, and. Uh, I, I tried many times to work with uh, foreigners and to to explain explain to them how people think in this area. Mm-hmm. You, before that, you start working in uh, uh, in a city or in an area. You need to understand the culture of people, even how to enter to their houses if you want to do a meeting with them. What to drink, what not to drink, what to ask, what not to ask, uh, how to set. You know, for example, if you go to Wadi Khalid, uh, you need to, to sit in the, in the, in the ground. Mm-hmm. You, you, they, and usually they invite you, and, and for them, inviting you to sit in their ground, it's something for them. It's respectful for you and for, for them. For example, the coffee. Mm-hmm. يعني, you, you are obliged to, to take coffee. Usually I don't drink coffee, but in Wadi Khalid every time I have a lot of coffee. And even the cup, if you if you, if they give you the cup of coffee, and you drink the coffee, you need to move it to stop putting coffee for you. For example, it's, it's very small things, but yeah. it's how to to understand and to respect the community. And this build a very good uh, relation with the community. They they respect you when you respect them. So this is this is one aspect which is. Obviously, very important. I mean, we tend to sort of we meaning people who work internationally in this sort of stuff, sort of look at a map and to put lines on yeah. and say this is X area and it's insecure and we can't even drive through there and this is Y area and this is fine and we don't need to do anything there. Of course, the reality is is more complex, and I think so. I agree. Navigating that on foot. Is sort of the best way actually to understand mm-hmm. what's what's really going on. So this is one thing. What other sort of you said that people have sort of uh, ideas um, from the press or from the reading that they've done when they arrive that are sometimes just wrong or some, sometimes misleading. What other sorts of things are we talking about? Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. Let's go before that. We go about the our image with the foreigners. I will tell you that when I start my master degree in Beirut in Saint Joseph University, I was we were around three or four Tripolitan, but I, I was from the middle class. I wasn't from the rich class. So even my um, uh, accent mm-hmm. uh, was very Tripolitan. So I I was noticed everywhere. Frankly speaking, I spent. Yeah, it wasn't easy for me to yeah. to, uh, to be part of this community in Beirut. Huh? But after almost uh, the first year, the second year, I invite people to to come to Tripoli, and I told them, uh, you will pay the bus, 
and I will organize one day tour in Tripoli. So we were around 65 uh, students. And me, with me, 65, 64. From the 64, only 28 or 29 have the courage to come to Tripoli. Mm. So I reserved a, a bus. That's still pretty good. Yeah. That's still, that's still a lot of people you managed yeah. to yeah. get but, interested. But you know, from the, this 28, almost more than 80% was their first trip to Tripoli. Mm. And some of them was lying in their uh, parents saying that uh, they are going in, uh, in a trip, but they didn't say uh, where. where. Mm. Frankly, so if we are doing it with the Lebanese, do you think it's easy to do it with the expat coming from outside, having a report of 400 pages about the situation in the north and where to go and where not? So it wasn't easy. But even the way that I tried to prevent things, uh, it was because, uh, first, you spend a few time to, to, to get the confidence of people who are working with you. So the first time, you, you will be suffering. But when you get the, uh, this confidence, it will be easier to, to, to explain to people and to, to make them see things by their eyes. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm sorry to say that, but we, even the Tripolitan, we, we did a lot of mistakes in this uh, field. And some people, because they don't want to, to work hard, they don't want to spend a lot of time in work, so they they make things more complicated for the expat mm. to have less work and to not take uh, risks. So, yeah, I think it's our responsibility also to, to, to try to introduce our city and our area to, to people and to, to make them friendly with it. Mm. What um, stands out for you over the 10 or so years, uh, well, a little longer actually, uh, starting sort of from the local development office through till now, what stands out for you is the stuff that you're proudest of that you think was, you know, viewed in retrospect was most effective or sort of really made a significant difference against this very turbulent background yeah. you know, of clashes and, and Syrian refugees and, and huge numbers and uh, national elections and, you know, against all of that, what sort of looked like it actually worked? Frankly well? speaking, uh, it's a lot of things. Yeah. In each, in each uh, organization, I get different experience and different memories. But maybe the one the, the one that I can remember very well it was during my work with USA. Mm -hmm. I was working in OTI program, uh, and it was the worst period of clashes between Ben Jabal Mahsin and the bombing of the two mosques. And I can remember very well when the bombing of 
the mosque happened, I was very close to the mosque. And I had a friend there. So I went directly to, to the place. And I remember that I, I stand up for more than one hour doing mm -hmm. nothing. Looking and not understanding what, what are you looking for. And I ran away in my car. Mm -hmm. Uh, to the next to the beach and I spent there around two hours trying to find my head and the, I mean, the, the, the figure was very very emotion, emotional and when you see people died in the street and pieces of people it wasn't something uh, easy and I couldn't uh, help people to, 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 to take the uh, to injury, the injuries to, to the hospital I was blocked I confess that I was blocked for two three hours I didn't know what I should, should do and mm -hmm. what to do but after that, directly I started to communicate with my boss, it was uh, Bilal Ayubi. And I explained to him the situation very well. And we worked hard that night to open a grant to support people uh, after the accident. And directly the same night we started supporting a group of young uh, uh, younger of Tripoli to support the family to, to clean and to uh, restart the rehabilitation of their places and their uh, shops. Mm -hmm. And working during this period it wasn't easy and we, we worked and it was like every day you work for 18 hours uh, in the field, you, your smell is very bad, you spend all the time in the field, you, you are trying to help with even the cleaning. Um, yeah, it's one of the memories that I, I can't uh, forget. It's, all, uh, it's very strange that all these uh, memories of work was related to, to, to clashes and to sad memories and I can remember also in 2014 when the clashes happened between the army and uh, a group of uh, uh, people of the Benya and I remember that I was one of the a group of five or six young person who was uh, we met mm -hmm. and uh, I, I had a uh, also, another friend, Bilal Hussain, was working with ICRC. So I called him and I called Omar Asaf and Bilal Ayubi uh, and two other friends. One of them was uh, uh, traveling, he's, he's called Lies Khlaad and Abudi So I called them and I told them, we have this situation, the clash is happening now, what we can do? So we start to uh, we, we we did a small meeting the the one living in Tripoli, and we went to visit Abdullah Jamal who was an ex expert with the Lebanese Red Cross, mm -hmm. 
he was living in Farhabu next to in Dundee. So we spent around two hours with him, asking him, "You have this experience during the war. What we can do? The clash is happening." So we decided to 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 do a pressure on ICRC to ask the army to stop the 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 clashes for some time, only to open a door for the displaced people to go out from them. And this day, it was a long day, <laughs> because we, we did a lot of uh, phone calls. I called the mayor, uh, Nader Ghazal, I called uh, the director of um, the Ministry of Education in the, in the north, asking her the permission to open a school to, to receive the displacement. So it was hard because even politically, the politician of the city was trying to, to, to play a role. And I was trying to, to open a, an opportunity for people to, to, to have the assistance without the support of the politician. So also politically, it wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't supported by organization because uh, during this time I was uh, working as a freelance consultant. So, uh, frankly speaking, it's a, it was an initiative from five, six uh, young persons. Mm -hmm. uh, we did a lot of pressure on the mayor and the governor to open the school and we, we opened around eight at night and at 10 every family we get around 260 or 265 person each family had uh, a room with matrix uh, and all the needs to, to spend their night food water and even medicine mm -hmm. and we didn't have money <laughs> and it was I'm proud that we didn't have money in this time because Frankly speaking, we support all these people uh, only from Tripolitan Initiative and uh, Tripolitan uh, businessmen who support directly. And it's interesting that the thing that really stands out for you uh, was sort of outside the system of uh, organized some big national and international NGOs, it was a more sort of, as you say, civic or spontaneous or community-driven thing. Um, so I'm sure you've worked on projects that were bigger in terms of numbers. It's true. Um, but it's, it's interesting to me that that's the thing that sort of jumps out at you as, as a real proud yeah. moment. Yeah, sure. And I did a lot of projects that I'm proud of. Yeah. Especially, uh, for example, the vocation training in the municipality. For me, it was a very interesting project when you are working with some young who were going uh, from some days from the jail because he, he did some conflict with someone and he was uh, attacking him to work with him in the vocational training and then you spend some time with him to try to change his um, thinking way and his uh, attitude. Mm. All of this I was proud of, especially when 
I help people to this young man to to find a job. Mm. For example, one of the men I remember it very well. He have only 15 years. Mm. He did the training, and he had uh, his father have a, a medical issue that he cannot move from the bed, mm-hmm. and his mom was working in um, uh, cleaning houses only to support uh, her children and uh, uh, her husband. So the the, the young man was a very short man. And, but he was very smart and when he did the vocational training after the that I introduced him for a friend of mine and he uh, take him as employee mm-hmm. and I was very happy after one month when he called me when he touched his uh, first uh, salary and he told me that he asked his mother to stop working and to to be next to his father to take care of him because now he have salary and he can spend money on his family he yes. have only 15 or 16 years so yeah i i feel proud from these things it's a small things small scale scale but for me when you change the the, the life of one person you are changing uh, a lot of in your society yeah well, there was it's an interesting um, question there. Is there's a tendency, I think there's an understandable tendency uh, in Lebanon in, in my sort of brief <laughs> exposure here and, and other people have said this to me as well, but the sort of long history of regional geopolitics, of, of uh, successive interventions of Syria and Israel, in country, um, the continued sort of strength of, of Hezbollah in, in particular and of other political factions, and people sort of tend to say, well, it doesn't matter what you do, right? Like the next time, yeah, yeah. well, the next time that there is, you know, like the Hariri bombing, right? Mm-hmm. Like all it takes is one, one big, big event and yeah. then boom, like everything is destabilized for years. And you must have this conversation a lot. Um, how do you, yeah. uh, how do you respond to that? You know, this sort of tendency to say, "Well, politics will just destabilize everything." There's, that must be difficult. I mean, clearly, yeah. you've just said your position, right? You must hear this on a, yeah. on a pretty frequent basis. If you ask me ten years ago if I will do the same, I will tell you maybe no. If I have this experience that I have now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, for example, sometimes in such projects, our intervention was very precise. Now, for example, I'm working on a process of peace building. Mm-hmm. When you are working now in such process, and after all the experience that we got, you can understand that you need to build up um, sustainable things to reduce the tension between people. And sustainable things will not be only through creating job opportunity or to support socially or in health. Mm-hmm. You need to create a system. So, yes, I believe that maybe uh, some accident could, could or some event could destroy all what we are doing. But at the same time, I believe that 
when we are creating this system, this defensive social system, mm-hmm. when you are creating this platform where you can build a trust between the, the community member and you uh, support them with experience, you are supporting this community to be uh, resistance for uh, any uh, factor of um, if you yeah, exactly and we need to, to, to work on that because with all the history of the conflict in the, in the country mm. a, a small accident could, could be uh, could be reflected in many places and in many ways mm. so uh, to to protect the community you need to have this like your insulin of the community you, you need to have this units where in each village you have some people who care about the future of their village how to protect their uh, young people and the families and how to uh, really think as a humanitarian and as citizen not only a sect or as a political uh, way. Mm. Is there anything that you had in mind that we didn't touch on? Anna, for me, if if one day I will uh, I will be writing a book, mm-hmm. uh, to 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 speak about the experience that I get from working in local development, humanitarian intervention international organization and international cooperation it was all the consultancy that I did it in Lebanon and uh, out of Lebanon uh, it was something that I would like to, to say it for uh, um, university professor mm-hmm. she was the, uh, the municipal board member that I started working with her it's true that you learn me that the development it's a process, mm-hmm. but with, uh, with all the experience that I get, it, I I would love to say that development it's people, it's not a process because even the best process can fail mm-hmm. if you choose the wrong people to to manage it, mm-hmm. and it's really by experience that. Uh, not always the process can be successful if you do, if you don't have the right human resource to, to manage it because you can have your PhD you can have a very interesting position and in, in, uh, organization but if, if you don't care about the people who can sleep hungry mm. you will never uh, uh, any be successful in your work. Mm. Uh, thing that uh, helped me to, to understand it was that I I passed through this experience even mm. when I was young mm. and uh, a little boy. Mm. I remember even the my, my mother was selling her ring marriage ring to bring food for us. Mm. So it's. When you feel that, you can feel with the poor people, you can feel with the marginalized people.
You are listening to One Step Forward. We are all about stories of working for social good in hard times and tough places. My name is Ian Quick. Thanks for listening. And just a quick reminder, this podcast thing only really works by word of mouth. So if this episode resonated with you, please share with someone you know who might be interested. Rate us on iTunes or anywhere else for that matter. Join the conversation at onestepforward.fm. Thanks and bye for now.